Hi everyone, I'm your host, Bella Page, and after suffering from post-concussion syndrome for years, it was time to do something about it. So welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, where we dig deep into life when it doesn't go back to normal. Be sure to share the podcast and join our support network, Concussion Connect. Let's make this invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to episode number 102 of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest, Luke Jordan. Luke was raised in a small town and played many sports. As an athlete, our mind is trained to push through adversity and pain. But when our mind is injured, it can be tough to push through. Suffering from nausea, migraines, and dizziness limited the stress Luke's body could handle. PCS is much worse than any of the broken bones or sprains he had encountered, and that is because with a broken ankle, they give you a timeline. Luke broke down when the doctor told him that they didn't know when his symptoms would go away, or if they ever would. Forcing himself to challenge his brain through different therapies has improved his mental health. Luke believes setbacks in our lives are our best teachers and has become grateful for what this time has taught him. PCS has taught him to be thankful for the little things in his life, and that he gets to go to work, not that he has to go to work. Welcome to the show, Luke. Hey, thank you for having me. I think it's awesome what you're doing with your platform and causing awareness for everyone. So to start, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you received your concussions? Yeah, so I've had two concussions, and actually the first concussion was about five years ago. I was playing basketball, and I was guarding a person, and he brought his elbow back, hit me right in the face, broke my nose, and I was blacked out for about a couple of minutes, actually. Don't remember a lot of it. They didn't even test me for a concussion because I had a broken nose. They did a CT scan. But that was it. So that wasn't that bad because I healed in about a week. I wasn't dizzy or nothing. No really signs of post-concussion syndrome. And then my second concussion, which was the recent one, which made me get post-concussion syndrome. I actually was outside working on my garden. And my house, there's like a steel pipe. There's, like, these trees, like, these shrubs we have, and I was just, like, trimming them and stuff. I looked, like, on the ground, and I thought there was, like, some metal, like, shiny object. I was just curious what it was, so I went to go pick it up. And some, like, deer fly bit me right in the back. So I, like, kind of, like, swat my back, you know. Well, when I swat my back, I brought my head up, and I hit the back right side of my head, and boom. And since then, after that was about an hour, I didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, ah, you know, I've got hit in the head a lot. It's okay. Just a owie. And I was sitting down for about an hour after that, just resting, put some ice on it. 
I got up and everything was just spinning. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, I definitely have concussion. So I just was like, okay, rest. I'll get better in about a week, eventually. <laughs> so I didn't even go mm-hmm. see a doctor until I think it was a week after I actually was working my job still, even though I was just all like out of it. And I had like this busiest weekend of my life. And I just lost it. Like, Sunday night, I came home, and I couldn't, like, see anything. I couldn't eat because I just wanted to puke. So that's when I went to see a doctor after that. Yeah, good, good yeah. plan. But the docs actually said that, um, you know, just do what you're doing. <laughs> just try to stay off technology for a bit. And if it doesn't get better, like, when three weeks, they said, come back. So that's what happened. They ended up sending me a neurologist that diagnosed me with post-concussion syndrome. And yeah, my symptoms that I experienced from that is dizziness. Actually, when I first got injured, the, my like my eyes just couldn't focus right. And that, was, that happened for, it still happens today, but it's kind of a lot better. It just feels like you can't focus on one thing, like it's jumping around. It feels as if you're just like, got out of a surgery or if you were drunk like the first like couple months like I I don't remember any of that stuff like I moved down so I go to the university down here and I moved down to my apartment I don't remember any of that it's just all blur anyways I still get migraines a lot but I got them a lot every day for the first five months of my injury probably Usually when I get those migraines, they come with nausea. Very nauseous, I'd get. It kind of freaked me out at first. When the doctor um, referred me to a neurologist, she also scheduled me for MRI and CT scan to make sure that I wasn't like, I don't know, have any rule out other stuff. Mm-hmm. Same as a blood test. So I actually, like before that, all those tests ran, I was like scared to death because I didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe I was just dying. I felt like puking, but I never did. I just told myself not to puke because <laughs> I'd freak out mm-hmm. if I did. All the tests came back good. Eventually saw a neurologist. They put me on amitriptyline for my migraines. That did not work. But as I said to you, put me on magnesium and vitamin B2. That also that helped a lot. Now I don't really have those anymore. I also get rainy in the ears, neck pain. Exercise intolerance is a big issue for me. I used to love weightlifting a lot, and I just I can't do it anymore. The next day, I feel like just laying in bed. Epic migraines I get. After neurologist, they basically I took a neuropsych test. They wanted mm-hmm. to take a neuropsych exam. That was brutal. That was like five hours. Yeah, they can be yeah, really long. Uh, I haven't felt that bad since I first got injury, so... Uh, but they, that came back with actually speech impairment, memory issues. So I had to go to speech therapy. I actually just got out of that. So that is awesome. And mm-hmm. it proved a lot. And they also said that I need vision therapy because I had a tension problem, which made sense because my eyes had a hard time focusing. I was like, described to the doctor. I didn't know what else to say about it. So they sent me to vision therapy. Actually, when I got sent to vision therapy, they sent me to, like, this physical therapist who's never done vision therapy in life. So I was, like, the guinea pig. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't know. 
but it kind of helped a little bit. So the vision therapist, like, I'm going to send you to a neuro ophthalmologist for more testing and then deal with concussions. And he's a really good one. I'm like, okay, sweet. Well, that was in November. And they're like, oh, yeah, our next appointment's in February. I'm like, oh, nice. Oh, I love that. Just awesome. Mm -hmm. So I got tested for that. The doctor said I had four different things wrong with me. One was my midline was off. So that's why I have these glasses. These are prism glasses Mm -hmm. to correct my eyes that work together. The three other ones were basically just for, like, focusing, um, divergence, convergence, just eye movement in general, different diagnosis they diagnosed me with. So I could do vision therapy for that. So I started vision therapy. I've been in vision therapy. It's been getting better. I've been tolerating it more. It's still hard. I do get reexamined mm-hmm. very soon for these classes. And yeah, no, that's like a lot of my story. Like, yeah, for sure. It's tough, I think, a lot of the time when you like get injured and then you get injured again, like, you know, years later and the injuries might not match in your head. It's like, oh, that one seemed worse than this one, but now I'm worse from this one. You know, it doesn't like line up the way you think it would in your brain. And that can be really challenging. And, you know, you kind of talked about that exercise intolerance and things like that. And that was something that took me a long time to kind of find what worked and what I could do. I remember getting really frustrated because I used to run quite a bit before this all started. And then it got to the point where like, I could not do anything where my head would go up and down. Like you mentioned weightlifting. Like if I needed to bend over and pick up those weights, that oh, was out. The bending um, over you know? is the worst scene for me. <laughs> it is. It's that like head rush or like I would bend over because I was in high school and I'd be in like gym class. I'd bend over to pick up weights and I'd stand up and the whole world would be like black. <laughs> and then I'd have to wait a second. And then and somebody would be like, where'd you go? And I'm like, oh, nowhere. You know, just can't yeah. see anything and it's like should you be doing this and I'm like I don't really know um like lots of those types of things where that like up and down motion would kind of make me feel like you said that nauseous feeling and then you know exercise I find it's hard because you get like deconditioned and then you add that into it yeah. all and it's just like I used to be able to do this and now I can't yeah and, and it's really frustrating athlete, yeah it's really frustrating and also I didn't talk about just the mental aspects those are probably the worst mm-hmm. symptoms out of any of the symptoms, yeah. to be honest, because you just don't know what's wrong with your body and you get health anxiety and you're just freaking out every day. It got to the point mm-hmm. where I couldn't even sleep. Yeah. So that was bad. So I had to go see a therapist that helped me out a lot. Um, but it's just, it's painful. It's, yeah. I'm still struggling with it. I mean, I, I was probably at the lowest point I've ever been in mental health when I first got it. So. I can't imagine what some people are still going through right now. For sure. Yeah, the mental side of it is huge. And you going back, you mentioned the delay on appointments. I find that can also affect your mental health because yes. it's like you're telling me that I have to come back in six months or yeah. in a year. I think the longest I ever had was a year. Uh, was the, I've had two specialists that were, they referred me out and then the appointment was the year after. Yeah, And I just think like, so I have to struggle with this for a year to f- meet this doctor so, that might not even help me. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so it's super frustrating. And then mentally you get really down on yourself. I'm kind of talking about, you know, going back to like that mental side of it. 
you know, you mentioned kind of being freaked out and all those types of things. So do you want to talk a little bit about how did you get through not understanding what oh, was going on gosh. with yourself? Yeah, no, that's I, thought, I thought about that today and I'm like, I really did not do a good job, but I tried to. It's a work in progress. Oh, it <laughs> is. The, yeah. I think some of the things is just center yourself around the right people, people that listen, people that I notice it makes it worse when I talk to people and they're like trying about stuff and then they try to like blurt out their opinion. I'm like, hmm. I'm sorry, but you just don't know what's going on in my body right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or I used to have a hard time when people referred to their own things and like I'm not saying your stuff doesn't matter but for example before we recorded this I had the that POTS attack and it was really bad like I went yeah. for a hot bath and I woke up at 5 a.m and almost called 911 like I was almost convinced that I didn't know what to do but I didn't know what they would do because I couldn't think of what they could do and I was like freaking out and then that made it worse. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. I had all this nausea, all these types of things. The headaches were severe. My stomach pain, like all these types of things were going on. And I was like, I haven't felt like this. And like, I couldn't remember when. It had been a really long time. And so it kind of scared me a little bit because it's like, wow, like, what did you do to feel like this? And then I kind of remembered the bath and I was like, oh, okay. You've done this kind of before, but never this extreme. So I talked to some of my friends about it, and I had one say, well, I felt like that after a bath. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you you have not. You had a bath, and you got too hot, and, like, maybe your heart raced for five minutes. And, you know, like, I know people, like, you go, for, you go in the heat, you kind of get, like, that feeling of, like, heat stroke for a minute, where it's like, it's too hot, like, your body kind of panics for a minute. But that goes away. Yeah, I was I stuck mean, in bed for 24 hours because of that. Like, I think I didn't get out of bed until 11 a.m. the next day is when I managed to walk and not fall over or not feel like I was going to fall. So that is not the same as, oh, I felt that after a bath, too. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> like I'm trying to be really nice. And I appreciate that, like, you're trying to relate to me. But you're wrong. <laughs> and exactly. I think when you're trying to understand what you're going through, like you said, and you're trying to talk to people about it, it's hard because you don't know what's going on. And so trying exactly. to explain it to people is like they're trying to get it, but you don't even know how to explain it. So it's just like at one a point, big mess. I mean, at this point, I just don't explain it if I really need mm -hmm. to. I usually actually have like my therapist write a letter for me. So, like, if I need to okay. give it to a boss or something, it explains everything. And just for important, like, people, I'll explain it to, but I won't explain it to a lot of people because it's just, oh, yeah. I found it pointless. It's hard to also it, not explain it, so yeah. people should have a therapist for that, which I do still, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, and it's frustrating, actually, like, the 101 post-concussion life tip just came out and actually one of the tips kind of talks about whether to tell someone or not because that's yeah. really up to you there's so many different factors that come with that it's not just oh I should just share it with the world and when I started going through this I wasn't telling anybody because <laughs> I didn't know what was going on I thought it was terrifying 
and I thought I'd scare them if I really told them how I felt. Like, you know, I had that kind of mental health thing where if like, if I tell you that I feel like I shouldn't wake up tomorrow. Yeah. How are you going to react to that? So those types of moments are really tough. And that's where therapy could be really beneficial because you have like a safe place to talk about those things with a professional who actually knows how to react to them because friends, they will do their best and it's great to have a support system, but it is also very good to have a medical professional that will react to you properly and will give you tools to kind of manage a lot of those emotions of not knowing what the hell is going on with your body. I found for just mentally i found cold showers mm-hmm. are actually kind of nice they wake me up and i kind of just forget everything for a while i also my therapist suggests exposure therapy so i try to plan something out like mm-hmm. every day i know that might make me feel like crap but like at the end of the day it helps me mentally too because i feel like i did something so I just got to find, you got to find that balance between physical and mentally what you can tolerate, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finding the balance of all this is something that takes a lot of time, but it's not something that you can't do. You can definitely exactly. do it. So yeah. we are going to talk a little bit more about kind of personality changes and expressing you know, how you're feeling and getting through that. But with that, we're going to take a quick break. Cognitive FX is a research-driven clinic that has successfully treated thousands of patients who have long-lasting symptoms from concussions or other brain-related injuries. Cognitive FX has an innovative approach to recovery that uses an advanced fMRI scan to map the function in your brain. Treatment at Cognitive FX takes five days to complete and uses your fMRI scan as a guide and baseline to ensure that your treatment is personalized and effective. This means that you won't need to schedule and keep track of multiple specialists, locations, dates, times, or therapies because it will all be prepared for you when you arrive. Once you've completed their treatment, you receive a personalized at-home plan to continue your recovery and gain access to their online patient portal that has instructional videos and resources for your continued recovery. Conveniently, Cognitive FX also offers free consultations so both you and the doctors can ensure that treatment is a good choice for you and your injury. Visit their website at CognitiveFXUSA.com. Don't delay your recovery any longer. Find solutions at Cognitive FX today. Do you feel constantly overwhelmed by your concussion symptoms and life changes? This is where Wombat, W-O-M-B-A-T, can help you. A new breathwork and somatic therapy app powered by neuroscience. Let's slow down those racing thoughts and give ourselves the ability to breathe. Wombat is designed with an understanding of the impact of trauma on individuals, ensuring a safe and supportive environment for users dealing with stress, anxiety, or post-traumatic experiences. Go to their website today at hellowombat.com. Welcome back to the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest, Luke Jordan. So what I mentioned was I really wanted to talk about kind of the personality things that can happen after a concussion. It's something that happened with me, and it's something I actually had to work with my neurologist with because my personality change was I'm very intense, and my body wouldn't let me be. Like, I like to have a lot on the go. Like, for example, my typical day is like, working, working on a book, walking my dog, cleaning a house, doing yard work, babysitting friends and reading, you know, like, I'm just like, there's a million things planned out in my day. 
And I was always like that to not being able to get out of bed. So, you know, it could be very extreme one to the next to get used to. So how was that personality change or kind of like body changing what you can do? How did that go for you? It was it was hard because just as you said, I went through I was all I'm always like, go, go, go. And I have like everything planned out. I need to do this, that I need to be doing something basically. And when I can't do that, all of a sudden the mental aspect just hit me. I think it was not until about two months after it really got bad. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is actually not good. I started losing weight too, a lot of weight. Just because I wasn't doing anything, I probably didn't eat that much. It was not good. More of my parents see it now. And now, now, like after the fact, now it's been almost a year. I can talk about stuff and I don't get wild up. They actually like said like, yeah, we can tell you're just not yourself for a while. I'm like, oh, really? Because I used to always just smile all the time, and I I was not smiling for a while, like, at all. I was just always mad, and I'd also get, like, these weird rages, kind of, Mm -hmm. where I'd just get mad for no reason. And then about 30 minutes after, like, once I, like, go into my room or something, something, somewhere alone, just to be anywhere... I would just break down. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just get really sad, and it's hard. I mean, it even happened yesterday for me, so it still happens. But I mean, that's really what I go through a lot, my personality. For sure. And you mentioned that, like, do nothing kind of brings on that, like, the mental health. And I think because you get to sit with your thoughts a lot yes. during post-concussion syndrome, post-concussion life brain injury life because you're not doing as much and you're sitting with thoughts after being sick so they're really strong and I think that part can be really tough like you said and it's really hard to get out of that because it's hard to distract yourself when you can't do a lot and it takes time to figure out what you can do or to even find new hobbies that you're interested in doing with your symptoms for example I've tried a lot of random hobbies and you know, it's really tough to find things that's like, okay, what can I do? Like, I love puzzles. But there was a period of time where I would do them. And it was great, because it would kind of distract my brain, because I had a really hard time thinking about other things. Uh, while I yeah. did But it was almost like, at the same time, like you said, how if you work out, you felt bad after I would feel like that after a puzzle, because okay. the eye concentration. Yeah, of doing a puzzle is so severe, that the next day, I kind of feel like way worse. And it's like, okay, well now, like, do I keep doing them? Do I not? So that's where like that, you know, it helps my mental health, like that balance of mental health and physical health is something that people, I do believe if you're dealing with this for a long time, it's something you have to figure out how to kind of balance. And you mentioned your parents noticing, and I think that's great Mm -hmm. because I think it's really healthy when people notice you've changed Yeah, because you notice it. And then I think that acknowledgement, it can be really emotional to hear it from somebody else saying like oh you haven't been yourself or like you're really off today what's wrong but it's also really healthy to notice that other people can see this because it is so invisible you know like they actually saw that something was wrong with you even though maybe you didn't say something was wrong so I think that's something that's really good and you know it's just 
it's something that you have to get through one day at a time because it's always changing. Your body's always changing. And you mentioned those emotional outbursts or the rage. That is actually something that I dealt with that was so severe to the point that I would like explode like on my mom, on my siblings. And I would just yell at them and tell them basically like, I can't even use those words on the podcast um, to get out of my life and to leave me alone and never talk to me again in a nice way is how it sounded. And I was like that for a few years, probably two, uh, that it was that bad where I was just horrific. And I didn't know how to control it until a lot later. And it was like, I'd get like that, and then I was over-emotional because I got like that. And, you know, like, it's just... Yeah, no, yeah. I swear, the way concussion symptoms work are so frustrating. I I find, like, helping with, like, not knowing, you know, you're going through all these changes. I just... I meditate a lot. I just listen to books. Um, I try to just get in my own world. And I'm also a lot into faith, too. But, yeah, no, just find something that you... I guess, want to distract yourself with and can have your alone time. Mm-hmm. That's like huge. Cause I think just like taking a minute to realize, okay, I'm going through this, but it will get better. It's just huge. Yeah, it really is. And so we've talked about quite a lot yeah. even in this short time from all the symptoms you've dealt with, some therapies, the emotional and mental side of this, trying to explain to people what you're going through is something that I think that is very challenging, but at least now people can look it up and something comes up on the internet if they actually bother and are interested in what you're going through. So that is very helpful. But is there anything else you would like to add before ending today? No, not really. I mean, I could add a lot more, but uh, this has been pretty good. Summarizes everything. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story post-concussion. Thank you for having me, Bella. Need more than just this podcast? Be sure to check out our website, postconcussioninc.com, to see how we can help you in your post-concussion life. From a support network to one-on-one coaching, I believe life can get better because I've lived through it. Make sure you take it one day at a time.